Welcome to Distinct Poplar, a twice-monthly audio fiction series written and narrated by Matt Herzberg from www.distinctpoplar.com. This is Episode 9 of Series 1, Protection Needed. The sign said, Protection needed for an unconventional request. Inquire within, Brie Van Neef. It was a neon pink piece of construction paper, the letters written in perfect cursive handwriting with a large purple permanent marker that if one stepped up just close enough to make sure, found that it smelled of peppermint. The sign also included a phone number, which was haphazardly scrawled in a sideways fashion, each number progressively twisted and smaller, from left to diagonal right, as if the sign maker had suddenly realized that they'd run out of room. She found it in the lunchroom, where this sign resided on the forgotten wall carefully taped above the trash cans where public messages from students went to die. This sort of thing was normal enough at Kagger High School, when teachers found signs or banners in parts of the school that they shouldn't have been posted to. They relocated them here, where nobody paid attention to them, virtually lost in a collage of mismatched announcements, ill-conceived strips of poetry, and crudely constructed banners of zealous school pride. Go Thunderbolts! It wasn't just the off-putting nature of the sign that caught Chellen's attention, but also that she knew the sign maker herself. Well, knew of was a more accurate way to put it. Chellen didn't really know the sign maker at all. In fact, she didn't really know a lot of people in general. Chellen was a Rom, and Roms really only stick to their own kind. Truth be told, however, Chellen didn't really know many of her own people either. Chellen wasn't very good at being a Rom. Briegland, or Bree Van Neef, was the sign maker's name and she was a freshman who shared Chellen's AP class, World Machines of Wonderment, a class devoted to the theory and construction of over-elaborate contraptions whose only purpose was to accomplish a redundantly mundane task, like suspending a marble on a rickety metal track and watching it build enough momentum to push a lever at the end of its route that in turn made a light come on. It was a class that Chellen had worked very hard to qualify to get into, but ultimately found it to be boring and stuffy, thanks to its teacher, Mr. Fullfoot, who was insufferably boring and stuffy himself. Seeing how the class was meant for upperclassmen highlighted the fact that Bree, a freshman, was very smart for her age. Chellen considered herself to be quite the good student, but just barely qualified for the advanced placement program, 
and considered that being only a sophomore had really hindered her next to the older students that shared their class. Bree, on the other hand, thrived despite the fact that she was one grade behind Chellen. To describe Bree, Chellen would say that she was very short and almost childlike in her appearance. She had a cropped haircut that was short on sides and long across her forehead and back. Her features were cute and diminutive and almost hidden behind large glasses with wiry gold-colored frames and impossibly thick lenses, something that practically made Brie look cartoonish in her own right. The glasses were so large and heavy that they threatened to weigh down the girl's entire head. In truth, Bree spent a lot of her time pushing them back up her nose in a futile effort to keep them in place. Also, Bree wore old children's clothes from the thrift store as her outfits, with the kinds of things on them that most kids stopped wearing well before they got to high school. These were images of cute little kittens, sparkle-patterned flowers, and happy sunshine faces. All of the overtly bright and cheerful and super colorful things that were supposed to make Chellen sick to her stomach. That was because the way Chellen dressed was in stark contrast to Brie, with her black denim and her plain white t-shirts, black combat boots and black faux leather jacket. It was basically the uniform for being a Rom, but most Rom kids took it a step further than even that with wallet chains and bandanas around their necks and dozens of safety pins put wherever a place could be found. Chellen fit the visual part she was supposed to, but was becoming less and less invested in the way that she was supposed to dress with each passing year at Cagger High. The safety pins she had decorated her faux leather jacket with last year were now completely gone. She had grown tired of them, and wanted to see if anyone noticed or cared whether or not they were missing. Nobody did, and so Challen was not very good at being a rom. The way Bree dressed was also part of what made Bree's signs so off-putting to Challen, for the two were in near-perfect parallel. The surface of the sign was covered in glitter, there were cute stickers of cartoon cat faces, and the lettering was accentuated with bright pink and silvery puffy paint. It was the most oddly upbeat and colorful thing of contrasting scents that Chellen had ever seen. Protection needed for an unconventional request. The words just seemed to sparkle in their plea for help, catching Chellen's eye from all the way across the lunchroom, where she sat by herself drawing in a journal notebook, and ignoring the chaos of shouting and clamoring students that was all around her. In fact, if Chellen had not looked up from her doodling for a brief moment, for seemingly no reason in particular, she would have completely missed the glittering message that all but called to her from the wall of forgotten messages. How strange she thought to herself as she leaned in close to the sign and breathed in the alluring aroma of peppermint. 
so strong that it overpowered the terrible smells from the set of three gigantic metal trash cans that were all but overflowing with discarded pudding containers, mystery casseroles, and half-eaten, nearly frozen, peanut butter and turkey with mustard sandwiches. Chellen didn't know much about Bree personally, but she did understand the young girl's desire for protection. Most kids at school who encountered her didn't like Bree at all. In fact, they found her to be annoying and strange, and she was routinely picked on because of it. That's how things went in high school in the city that forgot to stay clean. Truth be told, there was enough of the strange and weird sort of things out there, outside school and the rest of the city. So kids didn't want to have to deal with odd behavior inside school as well. So someone like Brieglin Van Neef, with her overly cheerful appearances and demeanor, didn't fit in very well, and it was difficult for her to make friends, which was something that Chellen could woefully identify with. Bree was a fast talker who spoke very loudly at inopportune times. She uncontrollably raised her eyebrows, shrugged her shoulders, and flared her nostrils. She yawned excessively, bit her nails constantly, and obsessively tried to touch other people's ears. Brieglin Van Neef would be forever characterized as just that weird little kid who would suffer the ire of those who made it their business to put down others, of which Chellen knew there were many that roamed the hallways in search of mayhem. To make matters worse, Bree was significantly younger than everyone else, even other freshmen. Some sort of child prodigy, that was the rumor, too smart for her own grade. Though nobody knew how old she actually was, it didn't stop them from treating her poorly, like some awful little baby. Even now, as Chellen took her seat in their shared World Machines of Wonderman class, she couldn't help but just watch as a couple of kids seated behind Bree started picking on her. They cackled maniacally to each other while they kicked her chair, trying their very best to unsettle her, whilst she furiously took notes on the lecture. For Bree always sat in a very strange way at her desk, something that had caught Chellen's attention from day one. It was like the young girl was stuck in her chair and made to sit straight up in her seat by some rigid, invisible means, like there was a force field that surrounded her at all times, and she was unable to either lean back or slump forward. The boys she watched had obviously picked up on it as well, and were now trying to rattle poor Bree with a few well-placed kicks. But it wasn't just the way that she sat that seemed disconcerting to Chellen but also in the way that she barely moved for the entire time, like she was completely frozen in her seat. After noticing Bree's sign back in the lunchroom, Chellen found herself running into the girl many times throughout her daily routine over the next few weeks. They shared a study period, but sat at different tables, 
Their gym lockers were right around the corner from one another, and they often crossed paths to and from their other classes. It was as if Bree had barely existed before that sign had appeared on the wall of forgotten messages in the lunchroom, and now Challen could pick her out of a crowded gymnasium during one of those boring and worthless school pep rallies. The ones that featured guest speakers like retired police sergeants, dubious supernatural mediums, and recovering drug addicts, eager to share their life story with hundreds of kids in order to avoid jail time. The kinds of school functions that ROM kids weren't supposed to attend. But it wasn't just the noticing of Bree more often. Chellen also became witness to the younger girl's everyday life and the torment she suffered at the hands of her bullies. In the lunchroom, the same boys from class flung ice cream at her head and taunted her about the feverishly energetic way that she spoke. In the girls' locker room, Bree was routinely shoved from behind when she tried to change her clothes for gym class. The other girls mocked Bree for not dressing down for gym like everyone else. Instead, she more or less just wore her gym uniform with shorts and a t-shirt over some of her existing clothes, an act that the other girls used as an excuse to pick on her mercilessly with each violent shove and trite comment. And yet Chellen did nothing for weeks on end to stop it, only watching with off-putting curiosity as the poor little girl suffered and endured this torment. Because Chellen was a Rom, and Roms don't invest themselves in the lives of others outside their culture. The rules for Roms were quite clear, and Chellen's parents forbade her from socializing with non-Roms, befriending them, or even sticking up for one who was as pitiful and vulnerable as Bree. It was difficult for Challen to see the logic in her parents' wishes, but she wanted to respect and observe their traditions as best she could, and that meant staying out of Brieglin Van Neef's problems. That's why she only watched on as Bree cried in the bathroom after lunch. From her place in the slightly closed doorway of a graffiti-covered stall, Chellen quietly observed the small girl's nearly futile attempts to take care of herself, stepping gingerly on the tips of her toes to reach up to the edge of the chipped porcelain sink so she could dunk her head under the rush of cold water from its spiral-topped metal spigots and each time only issuing forth a short blast of freezing cold water, which made poor Bree shriek around each wailing sob. Every single time. And when enough of the sticky melted ice cream mess had been removed, when Bree had managed to stop crying, the girl put back on her oversized glasses and turned slowly all the way around to stare at Chellen with a firm expression of disbelief. It 
It was as if she was asking her, Why? Why are you just standing there? And after the two girls continued to stare at each other in awkward silence for what seemed like forever, finally Bree would break the moment by returning to her dreadful sobbings, the kind of whimpering that a child would make. She dabbed the sides of her face and shuffled out of the bathroom, dragging her misery behind her like a giant invisible metal cauldron filled with her own tears. When she was gone, all that was left was Chellen staring at herself in the cracked and scratched up mirror of the girl's washroom. Lo, it was like Chellen was staring at a complete stranger. True, the familiar things were all there, her long, thin brown hair, her pale face with absolutely no makeup, and thin, chapped lips. But when she got to the dark brown eyes there was a strange sense of something that didn't quite fit. An alien feeling that made her uncomfortable in her own skin when she saw her reflected self. Shellen couldn't meet her own gaze. She was forced to look away, afraid to confront her own defiant stare of disgust. How could she just stand idly by and do nothing? Nothing. You've been listening to Series 1, Episode 9, Protection Needed, written and narrated by Matt Herzberg and copyright Wednesday, May 30th, 2018, from distinctpoplar.com. The music for this episode is by Chris Zabriskie. For more information, check out the show notes in the episode description. For more stories like this one, as well as ebooks and information about the city that forgot to stay clean, check us out online at www.distinctpoplar.com or through our social media. Just search for Distinct Poplar on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Stop by. Say hello. Hello.